Thank you so much for joining us on this wonderful Wednesday afternoon. Uh, how y'all doing? Is it really wonderful, Brad? Is it really wonderful? I mean, it is Wednesday, so it's normally a little bit hard to call Wednesday afternoon wonderful, but let's go ahead and say today is, because why not? <laughs> sure. Eh, anyway. Yeah, I, got, uh, I, got, I got nothing to counter it, so eh. yeah. Mike, uh, glad for you to join us again. You know, it's been a, a few rounds of this since you've been on. Uh, nice to know that you're still alive. Yeah, you know, I uh, I almost got away. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, I guess like somebody trying to, uh, well, what kind of jokes are you going to let me say on this here, Brad? <clears throat> Nothing that I have to censor, uh, use the censor button, which may or may not work right, and uh, definitely uh, nothing political. So, otherwise, go for it. Would a Kevin Spacey joke be political? Ooh. <laughs> Maybe not. Uh, let, let, let's not. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm just gonna. I was just gonna. I was just gonna say. I almost got away. Just well. Yeah. You guys can finish the joke. Oh, wow. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's a joke. Hey, oh, man, looks like everybody. we got Franco already no. jumping on over on Facebook. Hey, how you doing, Franco? <laughs> no, it is uh, it is good to be back. You know, um, you know the uh, the joys of being an essential employee. Yeah, sure, sure. State that. Well, um, sorry, you sorry. Know, when essential the state employee, yes. depending on your employer's yes, definition, that, but sure, go that, ahead. That's right. Fire the laser. That's right. Um, no. Being an being an essential employee, and you know, your your company deciding, hey, we're gonna go ahead and open back up. Yeah, always fun. Always fun. Uh, but in uh, the meantime, so. guys, thank you for joining us. If you have not already, as always, do not forget over on Facebook to like the video and follow us. And if you were watching us over on YouTube, don't forget to like the video and subscribe down here. You know, should be a little button right about here. It says subscribe, little Man, red you know, play button. I'm play, uh, press it. It's awesome. Uh, I'm looking at myself here in the uh, in the video, and I need a haircut. Maybe it's a good thing we are starting to open back up. I mean, you have uh, you have an electric razor uh, and a guard. Just you know, take it off, see what happens. I'm good. I <laughs> uh, don't don't want to don't revisit to be, high don't, school. Don't, no. Don't need to be walking around like a giant phallic. Well, yes. You guys. Can like go I said, don't that. want to revisit high school. No. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway. Uh. So. In case you guys did not see what the title of the video is, uh, or the description, um. Yes, we are back talking about movie theaters again. Uh, last time, which was almost a month ago now, uh, go figure. Um, we talked. Wait, 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 
Wait, I we're not talking about murder hornets today? I mean, if we really wanted to talk about all the ways that we are turning into the Hunger Games right now, uh, that would be an absolutely appropriate thing to talk about, but not... We're, we're not quite there yet. Uh, maybe next time. I'm just saying, it's almost like... It's almost like the government was like, what? You guys don't want to stay inside? Alright, we got something for that. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, kinda. <laughs> only, only, uh, only kinda. Oh, and, only kinda. And uh, we do have Cody over on Facebook. So, hey Cody. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, so last time we talked about all the things that have already happened with the movie industry, all the things that have uh, been delayed, all of the adjustments with streaming services that uh, we've gotten to experience and uh, enjoy, actually. Um, and we only briefly touched on movie theaters uh, during our last conversation about all this. Uh, but since then, you and I have both noticed that there have been almost daily articles talking about What's going to happen to movie theaters? Uh, is your favorite movie theater still going to be around when all of this is over? Hey, uh, don't forget to support your favorite movie theater uh, if it's still open. All this stuff. And we figured, hey, why don't we talk about it? Yeah, um, did you guys talk? Uh, I don't know. I haven't been able to watch too many of the, the episodes that Kyla's had in. Fail, by the way. While I was at Fail. Work. I know, I know. It's not like, you know... I'm obligated to or anything. I mean, it's not not um, like, uh, you know, the, the, there are multiple reasons why you should have, but yeah, sure, go on. Um, <laughs> did we get into, uh, did you guys get into the pissing contest between Universal and AMC Theaters? We actually didn't get into that. Um, <laughs> over, no. wait, I'm sorry, the pissing contest over trolls. We actually didn't even bother bringing up trolls, but um, we're gonna today. <laughs> yeah, so, and not the, we're not talking about the fun kind of trolls, people. We're talking about the movie. Or wait, maybe that is the fun. I I, I don't remember anymore. So uh, yeah, uh, real fast uh, to get you guys caught up. Um, we got a few different things we're gonna be talking about in regards to movie theaters. Uh, the first one, we're going to get into some of the controversies that have been going on with Universal Studios and AMC because, you know, even so-called professional corporations can't help but be childish right now. Um, During a pandemic, I might add. Of course. Uh, we're also going to be talking about movie theaters overall. We're going to talk a little bit about how the typical movie theater business model works. Uh, what we already know is going to be happening after uh, quarantine is over, uh, whenever that actually is, and we're going to talk about uh, a few possibilities for what we could see happen with movie theaters, big and small, uh, and how that could end up affecting you and us, the movie-going public. So, so yeah. are we just going to... Just real quick, uh, can I propose that anything that we talk about that is um, pop culture or entertainment industry related after the year 2020 is referred to as uh, AC for after, well, you know. The thing that we cannot talk about online because, you know, shh. 
Yes. Uh, I, I think because that YouTube is terribly likes appropriate. To censor yeah. Things. Yes. Okay. Okay. So uh, to start off, Mike, what the hell's happening with trolls, or happened with trolls? That's a great question. I I find myself thinking that every morning when I wake up is how the hell did we get one of these, much less a sequel? Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you look at the cast and you're like, why are all these talented people attached to this movie? Um, I mean, so... I was having those same questions after uh, the Smurfs movies, let alone the Emoji movie. So... God, At this point, I just assume so that if Smurfs it's animated movie. and it's completely ridiculous, some famous people are getting pulled into that thing. Uh, there, there's no avoiding yeah, it. No kidding. No kidding. But so basically, um, in a nutshell, uh, from from everything that I've read, everything that I understand was was that um, Universal decided to go ahead and pull Trolls 2, or I think Trolls World Tour, I think is the actual name there of the it movie, is. Um, from theaters. And they decided to just do a straight VOD of video on demand. Yeah. Um, I guess the returns for that were actually really good. Surprisingly. Very surprisingly. Yeah. Um, to the tune, I think I saw... I, I think the last figure I saw was that it did $120 million in, in VOD. Which, which is pretty impressive considering video on yeah. demand is not typically seen as the big money maker uh, by comparison nope. to all your other options. Right, but I mean, I guess with, well, with everything going on, with theaters shut down, I mean, it's kind of your only option. It's a kid's movie, mm -hmm. family movie. What better way than to keep your bratty kids entertained than just throw trolls up on the TV and, you know, go from there. But, um, yeah, like, uh, I, I think the figure I saw was 100 or 120 million, basically, and just revenue. So, like, that's what it made. Yeah. Um, which didn't, <laughs> AMC was not happy with because, um, this this spring was supposed to be a slower launch mm -hmm. here because like I like we talked about in one of our earlier videos this was predicted to be like one of the slowest movie years in I think two two and a half decades yeah um, and basically you know bond got pushed all the way to October or all the way to November which is where it should have been anyway yeah um, but when that got moved there literally was nothing coming out. So AMC was really banking on Trolls, Trolls World Tour to be kind of like, hey, we're going to keep it in theaters. We're going to go ahead and release it ahead of time. Um, that's what AMC's plan was, was that we were going to go ahead and release it and still let people come in and watch. Well, when Universal decided to just put it up on VOD, it kind of basically pulled... They, I mean, they essentially pulled the rug out from under AMC's feet. Or yeah. at least that's what AMC thinks. Which, um, I mean, to from the AMC's where, perspective, I get that, you know... Most of the other movie premieres were taken away from them at this point and pushed back. So the, this quarter's revenue uh, was already going to be tanking. So having right. any possibility of money coming in right now would have been preferable to them. And now seeing that the one thing that could have brought in quite a bit of money uh, disappeared, uh, I, I can definitely understand from that perspective how that was going to be a bit uh, offensive to them yeah but i mean so like to give you an idea um fast and the furious 9 or i think it's i think f9 or i can't remember what the working title is um was supposed to come out april 21st yeah they 
being Universal, decided they're going to push an entire calendar year. So it's going to come out, I think, April 20th or 21st of 2021. Yeah. So they just decided to put it on the shelf for an entire year. Well, AMC's already come out and said that they are no longer showing Universal films at all. And they actually specifically said uh, F9 is going to be, like, one of the first titles. The, well, it's one of the first titles that they mentioned. Yeah. Like, that this was supposed to be a big... Because I guess... Universal and AMC, generally speaking, from what I understand, have actually had a pretty decent relationship. Um, More or less. I mean, as good of uh, a relationship as you could say that any particular right. movie theater had or or movie studio had with AMC, which we'll right. dive into that here in a second. Right, but I mean, from what I understand, like I said, it was, it was, a, it was a better than most relationship, if that makes sense. Um... But I guess AMC really feels like this is kind of a betrayal, and they're basically going to stick it to Universal hard. Um, Which, I mean, to, so to be fair to Universal, yes, AMC is big, but they're not the only game in town. They may be one of the bigger options out there, but realistically, um, even if you wanted to say they're one of the big three, uh, which, I mean... They are technically one of the big three. Uh, if you want to weed it down to just the ones that are in that revenue range, um, losing one out of three options for movie theater groups isn't going to hurt Universal as much as I think AMC thinks it will. I mean, it's, well, it's not so, going to be great. Don't get me wrong. It's definitely no. not going to be great for them, but it's... I don't think it's going to be as devastating of a blow as AMC is expecting it to be. Well, so in an industry, for an industry that's going to be hurting and needing every penny of revenue that they can get once they open back up, it, it almost seems like this is Universal basically putting the gun to their own head, or AMC putting the gun to their own head. Yeah, which, so just as a little bit of background for everybody uh, on AMC, AMC actually has a history of malicious business practices trying to intentionally strong-arm uh, competing theaters, uh, especially smaller theaters in small towns that they are the only other option. It's either AMC or your local, uh, at the time, mom-and-pop theater. Um, they have a history of trying to strong arm movie studios to be able to get the uh, the licensing deals that they want, uh, trying to position their place in the market to force a better deal than everybody else, even if it, it is to the detriment of the movie studio. Uh, they they have done they've even gone in and tried to force some of the streaming services into excluding certain movie license options because of some very odd and almost unethical uh, licensing deals that they've made with studios that then prohibited uh, streaming licensing to certain things like Netflix. Uh, or Amazon. I think almost is I th all in order to I think try almost to is being continue to pull Brad. more revenue to them. Yeah, yeah. I think I think uh, I think using the term almost there is very generous. Yeah. Well, of all of the so of the big three, uh, 
Cinemark, AMC, and uh, it's Regal, right? Yes. Okay. That sounds right. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to remember if uh, Regal wait, was no, bought just, by somebody else or if uh, they are still I, the, the overarching company. Um, weren't they bought by Cinemark? No. No, they're, they're still their own thing. Uh, okay. Look it up uh, real fast. But um, essentially, what you have to understand with AMC versus everybody else is all the other major movie theaters out there uh, do not try to encroach on the streaming services with their business practices. Yes, they will try to be competitive against the smaller theaters, but they don't usually try to go so far as to prevent streaming services from getting access to licensing rights. Uh, because they don't see them as okay. competition, since by the time it gets to streaming, it's not in theaters, so they were not going to be getting revenue from that to begin with. Right. Um, a British company named Cineworld apparently bought Regal Entertainment Group. Okay, there we go. But it used to be, yeah, it used to be, it used to be Regal, just don't Regal. Yeah. So. So, the problem is that AMC has consistently implemented business practices that have actually hurt the movie industry overall, all to try to benefit their own profits, whereas all the other theater groups have not tried to hurt the industry. They've simply tried to uh, weed their way into more competitive markets and tried to make more right. money out of it. But they still, for the most part, I'm not saying that they're all blameless, but for the most part, they have consistently said um, that benefit to one of us is benefit to all of us. So, that matters. Yeah, look, I... I mean, it, you, and this you, you have to thing, understand it, more than anything else, the movie theater business is a money-losing venture. These days, you will lose more money per ticket today than you would have 10 or 20 years ago. It is a so-called dying industry. I'm not going to go so far as to say that is an accurate term because there's still absolutely a need for movie theaters. But it is something that needs to be considered during all of these conversations. It is not yeah. the profitable business it used to be. Look, there's a reason why certain directors still shoot with certain styles of, of film. Like, there's a reason why Nolan shot... Uh, Dunkirk in 35mm. Yeah. There's a reason why Tarantino shot uh, The Hateful Eight in 35mm. There's a reason why these guys still make their films like they're the, the whole artist trope. It's they shoot films that are designed to be seen on the big screen. Yes. I mean, so just think, to say just think about uh, anybody that is actually filming on 70 mil, uh, 70 millimeter film. Any film, uh, film that is designed for IMAX is, or the big, big screens is not naturally suited to try to go to small screens streaming. Nope. Yeah, it's 
that's what what was it was it um nolan shot what like 30 or 40 percent of the dark knight and imax with imax cameras yes and then they did a side-by-side -side comparison of what you saw of those scenes on an imax screen compared to what you saw of those screens on a normal theater screen and it was like you lost like 20 to 30 percent of the picture yeah like that's a pretty sizable like drop off in terms of what your eyes are actually picking up in you know every shot um so for like i said for, for amc to to pull what they're pulling it's almost counter productive well not almost like, like it feels like it's super counterproductive almost like like hey we're gonna do this unless you guys stop us because you guys need us it's like well do they yeah and that's that's really where we need to focus on during this part of the conversation because movie theaters by and large because they lose so much money per ticket that they sell because of licensing rights uh, and profit sharing uh, agreements that they have to make in order to be able to get those movies in the first place. They actually make, and I've been seeing it in the comments over here on Facebook, um, I've been, uh, they make most of their money off of concessions. In fact, some theaters, that is all of where their profits come from is concessions. That's why a soda and a box. That's why a soda and a bucket of popcorn is like a thousand dollars. Yeah, uh, and you got to realize everything that you buy at concessions, for what you pay for it, they're getting that in bulk for pennies on the dollar. So they actually can make money off of it. You yep. may think it is cheap food, and for a lot of the big chain theaters, it kind of is. But then you have uh, certain niche theaters like Alamo Drafthouse uh, that will then also be giving higher quality food that they make there at the in-house kitchen. Uh, you'll have craft beers and liquor that they provide as well. And that is able to uh, be charged even more. And since it's higher quality, we're willing to accept it more. But they're also able to make more money overall because of that. It matters to their business model, right? Well, and I mean, and and you saw that with you know Alamo and um, oh, uh, what was the other one? Um, Studio Movie Girl. Help me, Brad. Thank you. Um, when those guys started popping up, and you started seeing that they were successful and that they were making money, what did AMC and Cinemark and the other that? Now you can go to Cinemark and you can basically order your food at the concession stand and they literally walk it into you in your seat in the theater. Yeah. You can do the same thing at AMC. And you know, it's it's they're gonna find a way to make money however they can. And that's kind of where this conversation has been shifting in even a lot of the articles. Uh, now that everybody's had enough time to build a stop and um, get past the oh no what's gonna happen phase of the conversation now we can finally get to well okay so what are the options what right. may we actually be experiencing and that's where this conversation shifts a bit more towards the same conversation that's being had and has been had uh, for several years now around retail businesses in general which is yeah the traditional retail business is a dying business model because of online shopping. 
the retail businesses that are continuing to survive and thrive are either A, able to really find ways to cut their costs so they can increase profits, or they've changed how they present their business to you and have made your experience going to their store into an experience rather than a shopping trip. And that or is where the movie theaters need to start shifting and where the more successful theaters, once again, like Alamo, have been shifting already because they realize that's where they have to go. Or, you know, there is, there is um, you know, you can also basically broaden what products you actually carry in store in terms of retail. That's something that you've been seeing. That's something you've been seeing movie theaters do as well. Like, how many times do you go to, let's say you go to a movie and they're talking about like a limited engagement thing that's going to happen on like one Thursday a month where they're going to show like a UFC fight in theater, or they're going to show like, hey, like for the 40th anniversary we're doing this. Like, I can remember, um, gosh, it was probably about four or five years ago now, but I think it was the the 35th anniversary of Jaws if I remember right, and uh, they actually released it like Father's Day. Mm. So me and my dad went and saw Jaws in theaters on Father's Day. Sure. And it was like, it, it was it was a packed theater. So... And they were showing it on, they were showing it on two screens. So if you think about it, two screens to show a movie that's 35 years old, and you just packed a probably, what, 90 seat, 100 seat theater? not bad no but i mean that's 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 kind of what we've been seeing them do more and more now is is kind of these limited engagement or like special events to drive not just the movie going public out but also just anybody well and that's so that's where indie theaters have actually been able to continue to thrive because they're showing movies uh like the little indie art house theaters are showing movies that aren't going to be at the bigger theaters so Honestly, those are the theaters that I don't think are ever really going to go away. You, Certain individual ones may come and go because of how they're managed, but for the most part, there's always going to be an audience there so that they don't... I don't think they will need to change their business model too much to survive. But the bigger ones, like Cinemark, like AMC... Um, like honestly even uh the small to medium size uh independent theaters uh the little one-offs in in your town like uh here uh we have uh look cinema that is absolutely a small little independent uh house that still has to compete with the big guys in fact going back to amc's uh negative business practices uh amc uh, has actually been, tr- uh, they opened up a, one of their theaters just down the road from Look and even reached out to movie studios and blackballed Look uh, for several of the big studios to tell them if you license movies to them to show and they specifically did this to Disney as one of the bigger names we will blackball all of your movies so you have to choose them or us and well, that was a real problem, uh, but yeah. it's because uh, 
because of stuff like that that they have to become more creative with how they do their business which is where yes limited events do come in handy um like for example uh alamo is able to go in because they have the largest uh privately held um collection of 35 and 70 millimeter film movies uh archives anywhere outside of the government uh that is a big thing that they have to their advantage all other theaters have options for like live streaming live events like concerts that they can uh broadcast at their theaters as uh like a discounted ticketing experience or uh just something anything else but then you have other options like what Cinemark has done, uh, where at certain select locations they have VR experiences that you can go and do. Like uh, the Cinemark over here in uh, Plano has a, a VR uh, gaming experience where you can go in, put on the full VR set, and walk around a preset uh, arrangement of rooms where you can have unique uh limited experiences with that which it's not a movie but it's a similar enough experience that it can be tied in with it so right and we've we've done that a couple times yeah and so like you and i have done that a couple times yeah so you have to you have to start looking to theaters to get more creative with the business practices that they choose to uh provide uh which is why I think one of the more interesting ideas that has come up is the possibility of bigger companies uh, like Disney or Amazon or even Apple going in and buying certain theater chains and making them the brick and mortar presentation of the streaming services that they already provide, with Apple having the opportunity to uh, take a chain that they could go out and buy and use that as a brick and mortar option for the music events that they stream online. Uh, for Disney to be able to go and not only have the option to be able to uh, show all of their movies that they uh, have with little to no licensing fees required because it's all part of the Disney family, but now they can also go in and add a Disney store inside the theater as kind of a a gift shop type experience. So now when families are leaving from the latest family film, the kids can also pick up the stuffed animals or toys from that movie. And now they're making a little bit more on top of it. Um, Amazon, uh, since they already stream live events uh, and special events on top of their normal streaming services, they would also be able to do that as a new presentation for their video on-demand options. Uh, They would be able to do that uh, as an option for uh, other special events and then if any of these theaters were to go in and take advantage of the um, the 4D 
movie experience or uh, take advantage of some of the new tech that we saw even at last year's um, uh, some of last year's tech conventions with the uh, with, with the new options for like the massive size screens that are just multiple uh, frameless screens put together to be able to make whatever size you want do that and be able to go for a three-walled video experience so now you are having a fully immersive viewing experience that's a whole new realm that uh, somebody like Amazon could actually jump into and now you don't get that anywhere else yeah yeah that's gonna be a really interesting um, possibility I guess would be the word there um, you know with with AMC sounding like that they're gonna be coming out of what's going on filing for bankruptcy there's already rumbles that maybe somebody's gonna swoop in and buy them like there's already there's already rumors there's already that they're that you know Amazon or Apple or even Disney like there's rumors that all three of them are eyeballing AMC yeah as a possible purchase coming out of this um to me I think Disney's one makes the most sense right you've got Disney plus so you've got that entire library but on top of that you've got the merchandising like who wouldn't like pay to go to a Disney movie theater like you sure. and I both know people that are in their like you and I both know people our age you and I both know people in their 20s and their late 30s in their teens they're Disney fanatics like you're gonna tell me that that wouldn't be an experience that they would want to take their kids to or like their nieces or nephews or go out on a date on like hey let's go Friday night to go catch um you know we could stay in and watch this on Disney Plus or we could go check it out at the Disney theater and then go hit the gift shop and then yeah. make it an entire kind of outing. Um, and I mean, you, this is something that you you're do seeing, need to well, take into so, consideration. There was uh, legal, uh, there was legislation that came out years ago against Paramount uh, that actually prevented movie studios from owning theaters from that owning, distributed right the movies that they made yeah, however that, in, uh, that is that already in, in the process of being discussed to be eliminated right if that is eliminated disney absolutely could do that so okay it was 48 it was the, the it's literally called the paramount decree but it was in 1948 yeah well like to give you an idea this is something that they've been doing with sporting events for years like this is something like you you and me are in dallas the Texas Rangers just built a brand new baseball stadium, mm -hmm. and it ain't just the stadium. There's shops, there's restaurants, there's places where you can have concerts, there's bars, there's everything down there literally built up around that stadium so that it, it's almost a community hub. Yeah. Like, this is this is something that would make a lot of sense. It, it really would. Um, you know, hey, let's go ahead and let's buy a theater chain, but we've already got the space for it right there. We can cut it down. Let's say there's Let's say there's a building with 20 with 20 theaters in there. Let's cut out, let's say, five of those. So now we've only got 15 screens that are showing, but then we use that space to put up stuff like, oh, I don't know, restaurants, uh, gift shops. Um, you know, maybe they put in, like, another VR kind of thing. Yeah. Where you, you're going to the movies, but you're not really going to the movies. You're going to the movies to catch a flick and then spend, like, another two or three hours there kind of walking around, buying more stuff spending more money and then just kind of soaking in the experience yeah and like that's that's i'm it's kind of a brilliant strategy when you actually think about yeah. it yeah and i mean 
I'd be okay with that, honestly. I mean, I still remember uh, how big of a deal it was, you know, when we were growing up, uh, when you could go to a theater and actually have a fully functional arcade there in the theater as well, so that either before or after the movie, you go play video games. And that Dude, was that's, all that's part we, of the yeah. experience. God, now I sound so old, but, like, that's what we did. Yeah. Like, we would go and, like, hey, you know what, we're going to go, like, well, parents would drop us off to see a movie, drop us off, like, 45 minutes before the movie starts, give us a couple of extra dollars to go play in the arcade beforehand. Yeah. Oh, hey, let's go hit the concessions because the movie starts in 10 minutes. Yeah, absolutely. And now, does that mean that you would have to see the end of your major movie chain, uh, movie theater chains like Cinemark uh, in order for something like this to happen? No, actually, there is still an option for the Cinemarks of the world to have a chance at surviving. They just won't, I don't think they're going to be able to survive with their current business model. What I've heard, and this is actually something that came up on uh, from Matt Pat over on Movie Theory um, on YouTube, was the idea of shifting over from the Megaplex to something uh, along the lines of a super megaplex, where the mo uh, you would have massive, like stadium-sized movie theater experiences that were dedicated primarily to the big blockbuster movies. So you wouldn't be finding any of the smaller, lower-budget films there. You would just be seeing your big blockbusters, your Marvel movies, your Fast and Furious movies, your Disney movies, your Star Wars, whatever. Um, but it would be a bigger screen. You'd be seeing more focus on IMAX. You'd be seeing a larger crowd size where you could actually see... Uh, whenever you've gone online to see the... Uh, the reaction videos from like the crowds cheering during movie premieres of like uh, well from Avengers Endgame uh, or Infinity Wars whenever Dude, you I saw was, I was one of them <laughs> yeah whenever you saw the cheering crowds there but you would see the videos where it would like super cut multiple cheering crowds together so it would be yep. like a stadium roar worth of people go just freaking out over <gasps> Captain America yeah like that could be the actual in-person movie experience every time. Um, so, and, and I, then I like would, that idea. Do, uh, by doing that, you would have to abandon some of the older, regular-sized theaters, which is where your Disney's and your Apple's and Amazon's could buy those. Cinema, uh, the Cinemarks of the world would go build the bigger stadium-sized movie experiences. Then you could go in and build those other shops around the inside. So it would be multiple restaurants inside. It would be multiple other entertainment venues inside. But now you would also be able to use that as a place where you could go and stream like some of the big esports tournaments and be able to have. Uh, for anybody that can't go to wherever in the world the stadium is that's holding the big, like, Fortnite finals or the big uh, FIFA finals or whatever the thing is that you're into, uh, you can still have that stadium experience, but viewing it on a screen with the same amount of people there checking it out and freaking out alongside you. So, I... 
I like that idea for big blockbusters, I do. I really do. Like, I think that would be kind of cool. My only concern is, is what's going to happen to those independent films. Because I know you said that, you know, we'll still have, like, the Angelicas and we'll still have that stuff. But, like, I've been to those theaters. Yeah. Where, like, you're seeing a movie that's on a limited release and like you're just happens to get it because you kind of have one of those art house theaters yeah. and then it blows up and then it gets a wider release and then the company actually makes money off of it and then you see like guys careers built off of that like there are directors and there are writers whose careers and there are small actors whose careers are totally built off of that yep absolutely it almost like this kind of feels like we're going to move away from that because as much as I would love to see like a blockbuster in a big theater like there is something for like seeing a horror movie in a theater that only sits like 30 people. So like I can like me and Zim, like me me and good friend of the show Dave Zimmerman, we've seen multiple horror movies at like the Angelica or at like a Cinemark where there's only 40 people in there. And it's very atmospheric and it's very small and it's very dark and you kind of have that sense of claustrophobia going on while sure. you're watching something like that. And I think that would actually be where the smaller local theaters would have the chance to thrive. Because if the bigger theater chains are trying to focus on these bigger experiences, now they won't be pulling uh, the crowds away from the smaller local theaters for the non-blockbuster movies. You would be able to. Uh, you wouldn't be trying to. Uh, split the crowds so much between, like, say, here in North Dallas, uh, for example, um, you want to go see a movie between AMC, Cinemark, Alamo, Look, uh, Studio Movie Grill, and about six or seven others uh, just within a five to ten mile radius. Uh, you have so many different options that no single theater is able to really uh, get the bulk of the crowd unless they just happen to be offering something else extra that pulls more people in. But now if you're reducing the number of theaters that are having to compete against each other for the smaller films per theater, you're able, uh, they will have a chance to make more money per movie. Which means it won't be such a uphill battle to go for it. And then you wouldn't have to worry about uh, funding being an issue for the theaters as much because you're not scraping and scrapping for every penny that is available out there. Yeah, I mean, look, it's... The industry was already moving towards something different as it was. This just set up the process. Yeah. I mean, now this could be what we could what we could end up coming out of what's going on in the world right now could be something completely different than what we were going towards. But I think it's very safe to say that the industry is not going to be anything close to what it was going into this. Yeah. I mean, all of this could be wrong. I mean, it could uh, we could come out of all of this and not a single movie theater or movie theater chain ends up learning from the experience. We could end up finding that everybody just is holding back, assuming that if they just wait long enough, the normal business practices will prevail. And because of that, we're going to see more and more movie theaters going under because nobody's learning from this experience. We could find that rather than a new diversified movie going experience 
for us, the consumer, we just get stuck with the same old thing, but with fewer options. I, I think a lot of this is going to come down to how creative are the theater owners and the theater managers willing to get in order to customize your experience without destroying themselves in the attempt. Right. Well, now that, now you know, with VOD, with stream services, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus, basically seeing massive boosts in their user numbers because of everything that's going on, they're going to have to do something. Yeah. They can't just, they can't just fly by as, with business as usual. Yeah. Absolutely. So, but I mean, it's going to be very interesting. It will definitely be interesting to see what happens moving forward. Absolutely. Well, um, I mean, I think I've gone through everything uh, that I'm seeing coming down the line or could see coming down the line on this. Mike, uh, do you have any further thoughts on the movie theater debate? Not really. I just, because uh, there's so many different paths that this could go, we could see a complete and total change in the entire industry. We could see people with their heads up their asses being so stubborn that they're saying no we're going to keep pushing forward until we go out of business because we won't ever go out of business because we're movie theaters and everybody needs a movie theater just like you know blockbuster thought that every street corner needed a blockbuster yeah how'd that work out <laughs> i just i just personally hope because i mean you and i love movies so much I I personally yes. hope that there are going to be enough people uh, in decision making positions right now learning from past mistakes in the industry and learning from current mistakes from competition that we can see a bit of a, a resurgence or renaissance in the whole experience across the board rather than seeing a disappointing deflation of theaters. Because I, I will yeah. always think that there is a place in society for theaters to continue to exist in some form. I just, I, I hope we see enough people learn how and why that needs to happen. Yeah, look, there. That like I've I've said it before and I will say it until I no longer have air in my lungs, but like there are movies that you have to experience on the big screen. Yeah. Like the experience just isn't the same. Yeah. And I mean we've said it before, we'll say it again. When all of this is done and everybody feels safe and comfortable enough to start going back to movie theaters, um, please before you go out and start trying to give your money to the big chains, uh, please do everything you can to try to support your local theaters, uh, support your Alamo Draft Houses, support your Look Cinemas, uh, support your your local drive-in if it, that's still around. Uh, I say drive-throughs are starting to come back, man. Drivers are actually starting to come back a little bit. You're yeah. actually seeing that there's actually been a little bit of a spike in terms of like driving movie theaters. Um, not just like them actually opening them back up, but like attendance is actually up in them as well. Yeah. 
I mean, from what I've been hearing, so, the, um, the drive-in over in Louisville has been doing decently well, even uh, now. Yeah, I mean, so. I'm, I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Like, I'm thinking about just getting in the car and just going up and... How many? Just one. I just want to watch a movie on a big screen. Yeah. So but, You know, we'll see. Um, also, support your local independent. Yes. Support your art house theaters. Support like your Angelica's Angelica the theaters. World. Support your Inwood yep. uh, theater. Support any place that focuses on the 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 art house movies or the little niche experiences, please absolutely go uh, go support them. Any chance you yep. get, they... 100%. It is important that those theaters in particular stay around. It is important yep. that we, sh uh, we give them, we give movie creators reason to continue to make movies for them. And yeah, please, that is, if there's anything that we would love you to take away from this, it's that, honestly. So I mean, we'll just do it or we're going to send John Wick to your house. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I think Keanu would be willing to go and uh, tell everybody how important it is to support their local indie theaters. I was like, Keanu's done a couple of little uh, independent films in his time, so, you know. I mean, that's been half of his career is because of indie right. films. So, yeah, no, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but cool. Anyway, yeah, um, so I think uh, the big takeaway from this is support your local theater. Stop pirating stuff. Yes. Uh, and until next time, guys. Thank you for making it this far. Uh, looks like we still have a few of you watching over on Facebook and over on YouTube. Uh, so thank you, thank you, thank you for this. Uh, we absolutely appreciate it. Um, and of course, if this is your first time to watch us, please do not forget to like our video and follow us over on Facebook. Uh, follow us over on Facebook. Uh, and of course, on YouTube, don't forget to like the video and subs hit the subscribe button, which should be appearing on the screen right about here. You know, a uh, little red play button. Please do not forget to do that. And definitely share us with your friends. We would love for them to be able to see our stuff too and uh, well, not, get them not, in on the no, conversation. No, no social, social distancing. Social distancing, don't share us. Or, wait, oh, you meant something. It's online, it's online. But you know what? It, it's, it's safe. Ne never mind. It's safe. <laughs> never mind, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go back over here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, until next time, this has been Brad and Mike with Dallas Geek saying, see ya. <laughs>